0: If you would, turn with me this morning to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. Now, the easiest way to find it, and we have Bibles, by the way, in the cages in front of you. A little little shelf in front of you. uh, If you need a a copy of Scripture. (coughs) Lamentations, if you'll find Isaiah or Jeremiah, you'll be almost to Lamentations. Keep turning to the right. And uh, Lamentations is right... It's actually tucked between two major prophets, Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And it is actually written by Jeremiah. So notice these words this morning as we move into the Scripture. By the way, Jesse shared yesterday at Outdoor Church, and before he began, he talked about the holiness of the Holy Bible. Sometimes we forget that. But this is a holy book. This is a holy word this morning. This is not a common word that you're about to hear. This is a holy word. Notice these holy words from Lamentations 3. And we'll start with verse 22 and work our way to 24. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in Him. Let us pray. Jesus, thank You for Your Word. Thank You, Father, for sending Your Word. And Holy Spirit apply now that Word, that Holy Word, to our hearts. This morning, we need a Word from You, Jesus. We want to hear from You. We pray this in Your most holy name. Amen. More attacks, more terrorism, more war, more killing. And death, rape, militant starvation, forced starvation, nine-year-olds being killed, Chicago, lured into an alley, shot in the head, gang-related violence, armies on the march, all kinds of sex slave trading. God isn't fixing this. A recent headline in an article, a periodical that's sent out in the Daily News, calling prayer a platitude, banal, boring, empty words. You see, when the world responds to disaster, it's not enough just to remove God. I mean, America's done a fairly good job of doing that. Other nations move in that direction too. It's not enough to remove God. It's not enough to deny God. We actually inevitably blame God. God. Isn't this what our first parents did? Adam and Eve. They took of the fruit. And what do they start doing? Blaming. It's this woman you gave me. Which is really a shot to God, isn't it? It's the serpent. Where was God on 9-11? Where was He... This past week. Is he inactive? Where was he in my situation? Well, we know that in the Bible, God's answer is the cross, an execution tool. It's like saying God's answer is the electric chair. You see, we've made the cross this nice decor. The cross was the worst of tortures. One of the worst ways to ever think of dying. That's why the Romans used it, was to scare people. It was illegal for a Roman citizen to be crucified. It's too torturous. They just had their head lopped off. We live in a dark time. And I'm here to tell you that it's going to get darker. I said, Is that, what, is that prophecy? Well, it's, it's only what I've read here. It's going to get darker. Are we willing to stay faithful? Can we? Yes. Will we? We will if we can remember. You know, Jonah 2.7, he's in the belly of a well at this point. Well, we think it's a well, Just a great fish in the Bible, it says. And he says this, When my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer went out to His holy temple. Sometimes it takes crisis... For us to all of a sudden say, you know what? I'm tired of being in the belly of this great fish. Ready to see sunlight again. Ready to feel joy again. The warmth of love. And we cry out to God. We remember God. And thankfully, it's never too late. Not as long as you're breathing. To cry to Him. To go to Him who is the light of the world, who is love, we must remember that in order to get to the cross, He has to go through the manger. This is what we celebrate during Advent. Advent means coming in Latin. It's about His coming to us. It also points us toward a second Advent when He will stand upon the earth again, not as a baby, but as the King of Kings. Not as a lamb headed to the slaughter, but as the lion of Judah come to judge all mankind. Lamentations, our passage this morning, was written in the worst of times. I mean, we can look at the stuff going on in Syria, in places like China, China, all around the world even into our neighborhoods to our borders and say boy it's dark it's bad but Lamentations was written in a bad time this was the people of God and yet Jeremiah describes to us in chapters 1 and 2 that he saw moms having to eat their babies to stay alive because their babies had starved to death and they therefore had to then eat them to stay alive. He says, "What kind of atrocities is this? Because remember what they did the Babylonians surrounded them and starved them to death inside the city after they'd already taken the best the cream of the crop into exile. The rest of everybody'd just kill them with pestilence and with the sword and with starvation and slavery. This was an awful time in Israel's. History, The people of God. This was his elect people again. And in the very middle of the book, I mean, this is lamentations after... A lament is... This is a funerary text. This is essentially Jeremiah's eulogy at a funeral for Israel. And right in the middle of it, he says these words, "...the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases." His mercies never end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. My portion is the Lord. My gift, my lot is God. Therefore, I will hope in Him. Is that our response in the midst of tragedy? I mean, I I just browsed for a moment last night... On, lo- on local news, national news, global news. And it's bad out there, folks. It's awful. And yet, we can proclaim, just as Jeremiah did, these words for us. Amen. In the midst of darkness, in the midst of the pit, in the midst of the gates of hell, we can stand up and say this, that God is faithful. Where was He? He's where he's always been. Where was he 9 /11? Where was he when this happened? Where... He is where he always is, and that is the father's right hand already having secured freedom and salvation for the whole world. But they don't know. They haven't heard, which is where we come in. We don't just circle the wagons as Christians. We don't just, as Christians, go blow people up. That's the job of governments. They've done a good job of that throughout history. Killing people. It's not the job of the church. Rather, what's going to save the world is what always saves the world. A person. Jesus. He really is the reason for the season. And it's not tried to say that. This season of the world, this darkness of the world, where fear and anxiety could overtake us, we are told not to fear the world. Why? Because He's already overcome the world. Now, either we believe that or we don't. Either we rely on our government more than Jesus, or our own personal protection more than Jesus, or our own way of doing things, our own political ideologies, or we rely on Jesus at base. Now, you have to have political ideologies. You have to protect your family. That's my job to do. But, Jesus is the core. Jesus is... Is the base, and he trumps any of that other stuff. For instance, Jessica didn't like me to say this, but if God calls us to India, we're going to go. She knows it already. She doesn't like the idea, but she knows it. Why would we do that? Why would I put my, why would I risk my family, you would ask? Because God has risked everything for me. Amen. Because it's the only way they'll know. Sometimes the only way the world will know is to take a bite out of Christianity. A bite out of Christians. Do you know, historically speaking, that when the church is persecuted, it grows the most? <clears throat> That's why China right now is literally bursting at the seams. They may have more... Active Christians than anybody else in the entire world, and yet they're underground. Some of them on their knees this morning already before us, whispering the words of God to each other. No, we would go because my personal protection is not ultimate, God is. We're not called to live simply a protected life. Not if we're following Jesus. What if Jesus would have decided, you know what? I'd rather stay protected. I'm going to not go to the cross. Not get mixed up. I'm not going to say anything that might get me killed. We would have no salvation. Thanks be to God that his core value was God the Father. And he obeyed the Father. That's why, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prays, Not my will, but thine. He said, Lord, I want the cup to pass from me. I don't want to do this. And it's okay to tell God that, He already knows. It's okay to tell him what you don't want to do. <laughs> Read the prophets, they all tell him what they don't want to do, including Jeremiah. I don't want to keep saying destruction's coming, God, but it's in me like a fire. I cannot contain it. I must say it. You see, <laughs> the best gifts are not bought. I mean, just think about it in your own life. I tried to remember last night, that's how I was working on this, you know, gifts from, from Christmas long ago. And, and there's really only one key gift that keeps coming to mind. It was the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier that we never thought we would get that we got. One Christmas. The thing was so big you'd stand on it. I mean, we were flabbergasted. But think of all the gifts we were given over the years. How many do you... What do you remember when you look back? People. You remember people. What really changes us? A monetary gift? Something that's going to poop out on us in three years and we'll have to get a new one? No. People. People. One sentence from a person. One word of affirmation from a person. Years of investment from someone. That is a greater gift than what can be bought. I i wish I could show you this, and just for time's sake, we're, I can't, but IKEA, look this up today. It's a, it's a, a Spanish, actually, version of the, of the commercial, but IKEA, you know, furnish, home furnishings, store, they did a Christmas commercial, and in that commercial they got these, they had these children uh, to write a letter to the three kings. You know, just like the three kings brought a gift to Jesus, they were, the three kings could bring three gifts to the children. If they would write to them, right? So, so the children ride down, you know, oh, I want a new video game system, I want a new bike, I want a new this and that. You know, they're they're just tearing it up, man. And then the, the lady asks them, says, okay, now we're going to write another letter, and that is to your parents, what you want from your parents. And then the pens kind of stop, you know. And they start kind of writing, and then she reads off a couple of them to actually the parents of these children. You know what they said? They said things like, i like mom to play soccer with me. I'd like to spend the whole day with daddy. I'd like him to be at my baseball game. I want him to love me. And then the lady does this, she says... Now, which letter? You only send one. Which one will it be? The list of the three things you can just, whatever you want, you can have those three things, or your parents. And the music kind of, you know, builds it up, and then boom, the kids say, Mama, Daddy, they want us and yet we start giving them all this other stuff. Saying we got to work to put them on a good vacation and do all these things for them. You know what they want at the end of the day? Children want you. They need the security of you. That's what will take them further in life than anything else is knowing they have the security of love within that family. Now you say, well, we have a broken family. You know what? God tells me in the Bible that He he can mend all things. He can heal relationships if we'll let Him. If we won't let our pride get in the way, our grudges get in the way, our bitterness get in the way, You know, sometimes people are all bent out of shape with the racial stuff that's going on. Do you know what would change the shape and the landscape in America is if dad stayed at home, stayed faithful? You look at the epidemic that's in prison and then ask them, was there a dad around? Now, nothing against moms. But you just ask them if their dad was around, and the statistics are going to be mind boggling. Time is what it takes. Your time is your life. Are you giving your life to those whom God has entrusted to you? What are you giving your time to? The greatest gift you can give someone this Christmas its time. Time. It's free. I mean, I love when college students come to me and they're like, you know, Mr. Dag, I was just, man, I was, I, was, I was a little too busy to get that done. I just, I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to text you to tell you I wasn't going to make it. I was just too busy. To text. Now I know they text at, at probably 0.5 seconds. They could shoot that out. But they're too busy. We say we're too busy. We can compare schedules back. Look, you do what you want to do, you spend your time where you want to spend your time. I know people who are busy and yet they still come home. They're not out doing some God-forsaken thing. I know people who are busy and they're faithful to church. John Hagee said one time, has always stuck with me, he said, nobody has time to read the Bible. You have to make time. It's the truth. It's the truth. You know what God did for us? <laughs> with the kids, you know, we talked about God being eternal. So He's not in time. You know, He doesn't have a past, present, and future, right? He's beyond that. And yet, you know what He did? To show us love? To give us the greatest gift ever? He entered into time. You know what the Bible actually says? It says, at just the right time, God sent His Son. God is outside of time. And yet, He... Because He becomes one of us, gestating in Mary for nine months, just like all of you guys did. Not in Mary, but in your mother. He took on a mother. He was a baby. He had to grow up, get his diaper changed. This is the greatest story ever told. And we must tell it. He entered into time because what He gave to us more than anything was not a bunch of goodies He purchased at Big Lots or Walmart or Amazon, but Himself. Himself. He is the greatest gift. This is why John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave That's what you do when you're in love, isn't it? You give. But you don't just give diamonds and houses and cars. Give your heart. Give your time. You give your love. You give your body. This is what God has done, hasn't He? The Father loved the world, so He sent His Son in a body to spend time with us. Let me tell you there's no other religion in the world that believes that. Not like Christianity. There's not. I've studied them. I've looked at their writings and readings. Their beliefs, there's not one. Only in Christianity is Jesus the person of Jesus the center, the reason. The meaning, ultimate, only in Christianity. Wouldn't you give up all your riches, your job, your position, if you could keep your family? If you could keep that loved one that was lost? Wouldn't you give it up? I mean, what are possessions compared to people? You can, always replace, you can always make more money. Some of you guys are good at making money. You can always make more money. But you can't make more people. You can't make more people. People are what matters. And we know this, and yet we're busy doing all the other stuff. And, 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 and the whole time... I mean, look, I'm preaching to myself when I say this. Sometimes I'm busy. I'm so busy in my life trying to be a good father that I'm actually not spending time with them. I'm trying to be a good husband by doing things for Jessica and I've missed her. You know what she wants more than the dishes washed or you know, the grass cut or money being brought home? She wants me. The boys get scared when there's a thunderstorm. And I don't want a note from me they don't want a plaque on their wall reminding them. But instead, what happens inevitably? The thunder starts rolling. da. They want me in the room. Isn't that how we are? When the trouble, when the thunder starts rolling, when the storm's brewing up, we need to call out to God. We need His presence in our life to walk through that valley. Walk through this world. We cannot do it on our own. We are not meant to do it on our own. He hasn't just sent a word on a page. He didn't just send a bunch of deeds done in the past. You know what? He sent His Holy Spirit. Who is supposed to do a work in you now. Now. It's not just a past work, folks. It's not just something we remember. It's something we participate in today. Have you actually received the gift of Jesus? Has He changed your life? Has He changed your nature? Is He oriented you to heaven, to love, to forgiveness, to receiving His grace? See, it's not just about some past event from a past person. Here's what Peter says in his epistle. He says, look, we touched Him. We heard Him. And yet, you have something better. And that is the Spirit. We may not be able to physically hug Jesus right now or physically hear from Jesus. But you know what? We can have the Holy Spirit in us. And Peter says, I've had both. And the second is better. That's coming from a guy who saw him. Slept in the same room with him. Watched him be crucified. And he says, we have something better. The question becomes, do you? Do you have that better? Do you have Jesus in you? God has offered His best gift. And our natural response when somebody gives us something is to give back something. I mean, we don't like to just receive only. We feel like we have to give back, whether it's thank you cards or whatever, we feel like we have to give something back. I mean, heck, we even have birthday parties now where we give people gifts who come to the party. never even heard of such a... I, I still am arguing against that. So if God has given us His best gift, which is a person, Jesus, what are we supposed to give? Our person. Our life. What do you give? Just, let's just pause, put the pause on. What do you give? Honestly, what, what do you give to people around you? When they're around you, what are the gifts that you're giving off from your person? From your presence? Is it, is it consternation? You know, you're a loose cannon that we don't know when you're going to blow up, but everybody walks around you. <laughs> is it doubt? Where you literally crush the spirits of those around you. You know, one time I... Uh, I was disciplining Jackson. He had done something really, really dumb. Uh, I mean, really, really dumb. And I looked at him as if he was dumb, and it broke him. I never, I never touched him. I just looked at him, and his spirit was crushed. I'll never forget that. Look, I, I don't want to ever do that again. I apologized. I stopped the disciplinary actions at that moment and said, You know what, buddy? I'm, I'm sorry, man. I don't want to look at you like that again. Is that how we see people? You ever seen somebody look at you like that? You ever looked at somebody like that? What are we giving? What are we giving, really? Yeah, we've got the gifts wrapped, but what are we giving to other people? Is it deceit? Do people trust you? Are you worthy of trust? Is it fear? Where people are scared to be around you. I don't know if you're going to gossip about them when you leave. Or maybe they know you are. Stop. It's not the gift we are to offer. Is it ulterior motives? Is it anger? Is it caution? What are we really giving? Here's what the Bible says we should give. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. You really sat and thought about that one? Being gentle with one another? Self-control. These are the fruit of the Spirit. When He's in your life, This is the natural harvest of living in the Spirit. So if you don't see these popping up, we need to pull back and say, Lord, I need Your Spirit. Because those gifts this season will mean more than anything you can buy for people. from our other church that we were at out in the delta of Mississippi, we still take with us not the monetary gifts. That's been long spent. Not the physical gifts they gave us, but the people. We carry them here. We know they were for us. We know they were with us. They were there when I got married. I mean, I got married in that, you know, not in that church, but I got married while pastoring that church. We had our first child while pastoring that church. They were with us. This morning, it's time for us to receive the greatest gift, which is Jesus. And then, to turn right around and give out Jesus. He's not meant just to save us and us to keep Him to ourselves and just say, you know what, I'm saved now. Done with the world. No, 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 no. If you try to keep grace to yourself, keep love to yourself, it only becomes a cesspool. It's spoiled. That's that's like saying, you know what? I love this milk so much or this eggnog so much. I'm going to keep it until next year. And I'm going to pull it out and I'm going to drink it because I love eggnog. We laugh because it spoils the longer we keep it. It's meant to be used. It's meant to be given out we are here's what Paul says, I'm being poured out as a drink offering. That's the greatest gift we can give this Christmas is to be poured out for others. For others. <laughs> oh, this is a good this is good. Yes. This is good. I'm not talking about my preaching. This this message is good. This is a good message. I needed this. In conclusion, I don't oftentimes say that just because I normally go on and on after I say that. <laughs> and you're like, man, that was a long conclusion. Yeah, it probably wasn't scripted. Uh, but honestly, as we come to the end, is, is, is the Lord your portion? Is He your gift, really? Is He enough? Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything. Can we say that? Can we say with Paul, Paul says, I've had plenty. Trust me, I've had plenty. Plenty of prestige, plenty of money, plenty of support, and I've had very little. Shipwrecked. Afloat. For three days at sea. Where is God? Is that the way Paul responded? No. No. Let's stop blaming God. He's already done His part. He's already gone to the cross. He was beaten worse than any dog in the universe. Beaten until He wasn't even looking like a human. And He went to the cross. That little, that same baby. And Mary, His mother, sat there and wept and cried. And at the same time, knew why He was doing it. Mother, I'm making all things new. Has He made you new or is His sacrifice nothing to you? Do not shun the Father's gift. Do not reject the gift of Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit's work in your life. Trust me, no matter where you are, I'm an agnostic, the Spirit is at work in your life. You may not know it because he likes to stay behind the scenes. We have some people like that in our church. Things get done, and you're like, huh, I wonder who did that? Like a ghost. The Holy Ghost. He's at work in you. Do not quench that work. This year, give something that matters, give something that's going to make a difference. You. You're it. It's you. <laughs> really is it's you you're going to make the difference if we don't do it right here in Madison no no one else is stepping up if we didn't step in to do outdoor church nobody else was I got to share this funny thing and then we're done this is a story about four people named everybody somebody anybody and nobody There was an important job to be done and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can change anybody. Amen. Are you that somebody? Are you going to step up, receive the gift, and then give that gift out? This is what communion's is about, isn't it? Taking in, receiving this into our body so that it gets processed. So that we can move out into the world to a dying, evil world. The only thing that will ever save the world is a person, Jesus. In us. This is good news today, folks. Receive this gift. Do not delay. Look, don't worry about what other people are going to think. You turn to God how you need to. And we'll wait for the Spirit. Because when we receive this gift, we'll never be the same. The world will never be the same because we met here today. How many lives can be changed today if you receive Him and begin to give Him? Amen.